When a person dies, they aren't gone. Their body is gone, but their personality doesn't end. We remember them, and we may laugh about jokes that, th that they made. We may retell their stories and live lives that are inspired by them. Their legacy becomes a part of us, of our families, a part of all humanity, just as they were a continuation of the legacy of the people who shaped them. The loved ones who died are not gone. They are in all of us and in our stories today. They are in the culture and society they help to shape. His voice can be heard around the world with the assistance of his mother. Our loved ones are in us and we can honor them. And that is what this show is about today, to present to those with a desire to listen, a young man who made some bad choices and can remind us that a single decision can change the world and cause pain in those who love him. Jared, your mother had taken your decision and transformed her pain into something that has saved thousands of lives. Those of you out there who are using drugs, listen to Jared. Please, he has a message that can save your life if you are willing to listen. Don't go away. We will be right back. And that's when I was putting this together, it surpasses any of my dreams. January 8th, 2010, the eve of his friend's funeral who had died of cancer. And unknown to his brother and parents, Jared passed out on the family couch in Laguna Niguel while watching a movie with friends. His friends saw him on the couch and like many of us would probably have thought that he was sleeping. He was, but he was also dying. He had taken numerous drugs. Everybody does everything for a reason, and drugs are no different. He may have been grieving, and maybe it was how he thought he could deal with it. He was only 19 years old. Many know the story of Jared because his lessons are told through the voice of his mother. Who was he, and what did people think of him? So it was August 11th, 1990, when Jared was born and brought immense enjoyment to Jody and Bill, Jared's father. And the story you're about to hear is about love, it's about tragedy, and it's about hope. Jared Barber 
the inspiration for Overtaken highlights the battles against addiction through the lives of young adults. Jared is no longer with us physically, but he is present in the lives of many as his mother, Jody Barber, spreads the message of her pain and the loss of her son that could clearly have been preventable. Now, another woman, Leslie, wrote a eulogy with her mother that was presented at Jared's funeral, and it was written to her son, Riley, and other friends of Jared's. Riley, her son, would also succumb to the same thing as Jared, and he passed away 11 months later. Listen to the eulogy. When we lose someone we love before his time, the grief is inconsolable. The questions are never ending. Why, we ask, and what can be learned from this passing of one whose life was only just beginning? The answers do not come easily, and comfort from our grief cannot be found except in the lives of others who now may live because of Jared's legacy. He has shown us how to live and how not to die. And we thank him for this brutal lesson. If we want to honor this young man, our beloved son, grandson, nephew, cousin, and friend, then we must always remember his journey and know that if he could, he would say to each of us to choose life and to choose wisely. If we can hear his message clearly, then Jared's loss will never be in vain and his memory will live on forever through the friends he has left behind. And if in the future, the choices that you make show deep remembrance of your dearest friend, he will never be forgotten and his life, however short, will serve a higher purpose. But only you his friends can make that choice and make that difference. So choose life because that's what Jared would want you to do. And I know Jody and Bill's hearts will mend easier, not faster, but easier, knowing that their son's life and death has helped another especially his friends who honor and celebrate his life here today. I love you. So we have on this show today, the amazing mother of Jared Barber and Jody, I want to thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you for having me. Eric. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. And I know, you know, as I was kind of saying that, that Jared's story is out there. And a lot of people know Jared's story because of you. And the first thing I wanted to ask you, and I've actually been curious on this, was, you know, I know 
when he passed away, which was in 2010, it was, it was very quickly, even when you started fighting this stuff, how, how quick did you start moving forward with, with the um, powerful messages that you were trying to send? Pretty much that week, <laughs> immediately, immediately. Um, the first thing out of my husband and, and our mouths was, where was the regulating? Mm. How was Jared when we found out that it was Opana, oxymorphone, um, looked it up online, saw what it was. It's like, how is he able to, to get that mm-hmm. for terminal stage cancer? And then his friends immediately you know, shared with me what happened, where Jared was getting these pills, you know, got the pills from, um, or his friends um, from this doctor. And so I was just like, she's not going to get away with this, you know? And then three weeks later, Jared's close friend died. And it's like, okay, what is happening here? And I heard of another one and another and another. So it's just immediately, just quickly, you know, where was the regulating it was preventable, and that's why I immediately started on this mission. Yeah. And this was that Dr. Lisa Singh? Is that? Dr. Lisa Singh, who is yeah. 45 miles away in Roland Heights. And so I, I discovered quickly that a lot of the kids were getting prescription drugs from her and um, in less than five minutes. <laughs> so that's when I said, we need to expose her on the news. Hmm. And this is crazy what's happening. And so willingly, I was so happy to hear that these young adults would come to my home and expose Dr. Lisa Singh on the news and share their story of seeing her in less than five minutes and they're addicted now and they don't know how to get off. I mean, these are young adults who were still struggling. They weren't even sober, clean yet. I mean, they were, they were active in their addiction. Hmm. They're willing because they hated it. They hated living that way. They're willing to talk about it. And I, I was super proud of, of them for doing so. And so then, you know, OC register called and the mission began. Mm. We started, you know, trying to do something about her. On the Orange County Register's website, under the obituary section, there is a page for Jared. And many people have posted comments beginning around the time of his passing. And as I was reading through some of these, we can get a picture of who Jared was in the eyes of other people. I want to read one by Anna, who was a friend of his. Jared, you know I never do these types of things, but it's just so hard without you here. I need every little thing I can get to talk to you. I love you so much and miss you more than words can describe. You were my best friend, my family. 11 months later, I still can't believe you were ripped away from my life so abruptly, just hours after I saw you and hugged you goodnight. I'm so sorry. I would give anything in the world to have you back where you belong. Hear your voice and happy laughter. See that warm smile get lost in those baby blues of yours and hug my teddy bear, you. It sucks how much I want to talk about you all the time, but every time, even now, the wounds are still so deep and fresh. I can't help 
to pour my eyes out in tears to the point of incomprehension. I'm sorry for being selfish and saying such sad things. You were, and still are, one of the greatest people I ever had the pleasure of meeting and honor of befriending. I'm so blessed to have had you in my life the way I did. Even though you're not here with me physically, I know you are happy wherever you may be, which is probably the North Shore. Haha. <laughs> I'll be there soon, and we can finally have that trip together. I love you so much, Jared. Keep watching over us, okay? And take care of Riley, Chase, John, Sean, Nolan, Josh, and all the other boys up there with you, too. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. I love you. Always yours, Anna. And if you noticed in that letter, there were multiple names of people that died also in the same way that Jared did, died of an overdose. But you have uh, the B story <laughs> that is always, and I wanted to know if you could kind of explain what that means. The story of the B. The story of the B. And so, okay. Well, this is pretty powerful, Eric, because the the day that Jared passed away, um, when we came home from the hospital, you know, our first sign was on our door. Um, on the doorknob was a flyer, and it, it's it was from um, where you donate your organs and tissues. Hmm. They called us while asking us to do that, and you know, we had just gotten home from the hospital, and we're like, "Call us back, not right now." Legacy. And legacy donor. And so there, there was a flyer on my doorknob, legacy construction. Right after that call, we see this flyer. It's like legacy, legacy. Whoa, that's that was just like clicked, weird. And then that day, his brother, Jared's brother Blake, held a vigil on the corner. And uh, Jared's friends went there to sign posters. And there was a bee on one of the posters. And it was there all day. And... Blake even called me at four in the afternoon. He's like, mom, there's this bee that's here. And, you know, it's been here all day on this poster. And he thought that was strange. And I'm like, that is weird. Well, the next morning we walked over to get the posters and that bee was still there. And then it flew away. And so from that day, that day, um, you know, it was just crazy. And the bees started coming in our home <laughs> over and over. And in our in our car and on us and all over the place it was weird and then the day of jared's the service the funeral um some more signs during mm -hmm. during the service um in in my letter that i had my uncle write the eulogy he wrote about jared being born and how water gushed in my water broke in bed you know at mm -hmm. 12 o'clock at night and so as he's talking about that I'm finding out that there's a water main on my street living here 20, 20 years. And on my street is a water main that broke and water just was gushing out of from underground towards his best friend's house and flooded, flooded the street. And it's like, okay, that is crazy. My husband called, you know, the water company to find out, you know, what time did this happen? And we discovered it was the time where my uncle was, sharing what i wrote at the funeral um hmm. so, and and then we have like these light fixtures in our bathroom and bill's getting ready for the service in in our bathroom in their master master bath and again 
20 years we've been living here. But this light fixture from up above the glass square came down in front of them and broke. And it's like, how did this happen? <laughs> what was this? Luckily, it didn't cut him or anything. But yeah, just it broke. It, it landed right in front of him on the counter. Wow. So many people that abuse substances think they are just hurting themselves. When someone passes away from an overdose, it's the family and friends that will suffer the heartache. The family will forever be changed. Family and friends hopefully move on, but a void will always remain. Listen to a couple of eulogies by friends of Jared's. Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm Curtis, and one of Jared's closest best friends. I just wanted to say I love you, buddy, and I hope you're looking down on us. I wrote a little poem that I wanted to read to him. Jared, day after day, I will pray that you will come back, come back to stay. So many years and memories we shared, you shouldn't have gone, it's just not fair. But now you're free, in a better place. Brother, what I'd give just to see your face. Your laugh, your smile, till the very end. Stay up, stay true. Rest easy, my very best friend. I love you, Jared. Hello everyone. <clears throat> I wrote a little poem. Jared, I know you're still out there, living with your own kind of flair, standing with your face to the sun, picturing your time to come. Many clouds have passed by since we both stood underneath the same sky, taking in summer OC sights, laughing by the fire most of the nights. I still remember while we were young, playing and pulling pranks just for fun. I could still hear the pop of that ball ringing off the Nike bat, playing together on the Giants and having fun. That year was our year. We had won. Young, working hard, playing hard, not sweating any bills. True love, family and friends all living in the hills. I guess things never would change so much. Thought our friends would never lose touch. The stars seem so clear from your domain. I wish I could sit out there and use some of those times again. Even if our dreams seem so far away, our friendship will be right here to stay. Jared, you've captured all of our hearts in a way I can't explain. I know you're looking down on us, smiling, guiding and guarding us. May you rest in peace, live and carry on in all of our hearts forever. I know I'll see you again someday, and when I do, we'll continue to talk and be good old buddies just like we were when we were small. I love you, Jared, so much. Thanks for being my best friend. He had passed away at home, um, and he was on how many medications was it? He was on six pills from a doctor. I took him to to get him off of the opioids and marijuana he was addicted to. So this doctor I took him to for help that was recommended by a psychologist three months before Jared passed away. Um, in October of 2009, uh, he prescribed Jared anti-anxiety, antidepressants, you know, benzodiazepines um, in an outpatient setting to somebody who's addicted to opioids. So you know how that is when you mix opioids and benzos, that could be deadly. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then two days before Jared passed away, let's prescribe more pills. So now, you know, he was already on Tuclonopin and Cymbalta. And then two days before he died, he prescribed Seroquel. And he said on the script, it said, take three to four Seroquel. And he had handed Jared two handful sample boxes, all these boxes. I'm in the waiting room. I thought he gave them all to me, but he kept one box. And I looked it up online. I said, you're not taking this. I don't like the side effects. You're not taking it, you know, but he kept one sample box that night. But on a, a hor horrific note and a sad note is the fact, yeah, that Jared had two clonopin, he had some Balta, he had three Seroquel from that one doctor. And yes, he did relapse on a quarter of Opana that night. Yeah. And that's what's obviously sent him over the edge. Yeah. The, the you know, mm -hmm. And that doctor at the very first visit, I won't forget his words, promised me and Jared that all his cravings to opioids, Opana and marijuana will go away. Take these pills and your, the cravings will go away. And I was like, thank you. I was so happy wow. to hear that. You know, Jared died with marijuana still in the system. He was still smoking yeah. weed too. Yeah. You know, I mean, not, none of it was changing. I was waiting for those medications that he gave him to start working. You know, mm -hmm. um, it was three months. I was hoping they would start to work, but they weren't because he kept relapsing on Thanksgiving and Christmas day, you know, and then again in January, mm -hmm. but yeah, the Seroquel then must've pushed, pushed him to pass away because yeah. He was relapsing before the Seroquel. In a letter that was on the Orange County Register's website for the obituary, there was a note that was written by Gene Peterson. Jared, it's impossible to realize it's been a whole year since you left this earth. Your family has somehow taken on the task of surviving without you here, and you would be so proud of them. Blake has gone bravely ahead with his obvious love for life and the ladies, living the dream for both of you now. Your dad has stood strong and silent, keeping the balance for everyone in a world that has been turned upside down. He honors your memory every moment by being the great dad and husband he is. Your beautiful mom, who could just as easily have hidden under the covers for all her days, has managed through her immeasurable grief to still reach out to your friends and beyond. She is making such a difference and will only do more and more, all of it to honor your memory and find a way to cope with the impossible reality of not having you here. I remember a particular time. You couldn't have been more than four, and you were out riding your motorized Jeep car in the empty dirt lot next door. You and your dad have always been about the wheels. And you actually flipped it over on that little hill in the back. When I tried to help, you completely freaked and only wanted your mom. I ran down to get her. She'd only gone inside for a couple of minutes. You know how overprotective she's always been. And until she got there, you just stayed upside down screaming. We were so scared as she got you out from under the Jeep. And you just climbed into her arms and immediately stopped crying. She was all you needed and you were fine. She needs you still, so much. So please keep sending her those signs, 
and pull all the strings you can in heaven to provide your whole family with the love and care they need to find a way to live a happy life until they are with you again. Eternal peace, beautiful, blue-eyed, copper-toned baby. The most important thing of what we're doing here on this show is to get to know Jared. We want to know who he is. And so I wanted to know if you could tell us, who was Jared? It was Jared. (laughs) Jared had this big personality. Um, He was funny. He was happy. He did have anxiety, but he was a normal, normal kid. Um, He had a lot of friends. Uh, He had a lot of family that surrounded him, who loved him. He came from a beautiful home. He he was a jokester. There he goes. There goes that. Woo! On the line. Oh, he's going for it twice. Oh. One more time, Dad. Oh, that's good. Okay. Oh, I'm looking through the wrong way, maybe. There we go. Okay, it's on. Okay. It's on. Hi, we're at it. Mom. And he loved life, you know, basically, I mean, he did everything, you know, outdoors. He he loved the ocean. He was just like, just loved the ocean. His favorite place um, was Hawaii. We always went to Hawaii since he was born (laughs) practically um, every summer. And he, he loved his big, his younger brother. Um, He was very protective of Blake. He even said, I'll kill you if you ever start. He was, um, he wanted to know who Blake's friends were. Um, very protective. And he was, he was the, the one that the girls went to, to talk about their boyfriends, to talk him, you know, about their issues with Jared, you know, he was, he was the go-to person for that. Um, you know, but he struggled. He had a couple, uh, this one girl in particular, he always talked about who he was in love with, you know, that, and, and she, um, she really liked him and they talked all the time, but she did have this other boyfriend and she was, Jared was just hoping so badly that she'd break up with him. And he, he'd cry to me, you know, I mean, he was just like, he'd say, mom, I I'll stop smoking marijuana for her. Cause she didn't want him smoking pot. And she, he'd say, I'll stop smoking, mar- you know, pot, you know, if I, if I had her, I'm like her, what about me? What about for your mom? How about smoking pot? Stop smoking pot for me. Um, but anyway, he, yeah, he, uh, and then there's another girl as well that he was like, mom, you got to meet this one. This is towards the end of his, you know, and, and she is a beautiful girl. And he's like, you got to meet her. You got to meet her. Yeah, I finally did. This is the girl I'm going to marry. But um, so Jared was just, you know, a beautiful young man, but he had, he did have issues that I I did have to deal with. And it was hard and it was, he was controlling um, and he had an anger issue. Um, A lot of times he'd get pretty angry and it was kind of scary with his temperament. Um, He wanted his own way. You know, I struggled with him when he was little. Go to your room, Jared. You know, you're punished. You got to go to your room. And he wouldn't go to his room. <laughs> it's like, go to your room. <laughs> um, but, you know, he just like, 
<sighs> I, I was a lot the same way in the aspect that, you know, I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> I mean, parents, do, you know, they don't really know what's, you know. <laughs> I, know. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know. So Jared would do things is like, no, <laughs> you can't do that. You know, and it was just so hard because when I take his keys away, he managed to get around that. You know, when I took his car and keys away, he's like, you know, I've done these different shows too. And, and we were doing one with LA talk radio. And my wife and I had talked a lot about, you know, with children in that, you know, no matter how hard we want to control our kids, you can't control your kids. You know, kids are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to make the choices that they're going to make. Um, yeah. That's so true, Eric. That's it true. is. Yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't listen to my mom either. I did things. Yeah. Well, Um, that's the funny part. I'll say this is the funny part because, you know, like when we become adults, we sort of forget that. Yeah. You know, and then we were expecting our kids to do something different. And then, but when you really think about it, we all did the same thing. (laughs) No, I know. It's like, it's not until we have our own kids where we really like call up mom and say, thank you. I yep. get it. <laughs> I get it now, but it's really not until it wasn't for me until I had my own kids. Then I realized that I realized, yep. you know, but my dad used worry. to say that all the time, you know, he's like, wait till you're, a, we're, wait till you have kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah I and I'm know. like, at that time, I'm like, oh, I'm not having kids, you know? <laughs> I know. I know. So yeah, it's it's definitely um parenting is is tough. Yeah. It is tough. I and and I think Jared was just born the way he, you know, born that way because very strong willed. Mm-hmm. He was born strong willed. You know, he came, he wanted out. He came five and a half weeks early and he broke my water. <laughs> <laughs> he broke that water sack. He wanted out. And then, you know, trying to get him to sleep in his crib. Oh, my God. The crying would last for, I couldn't handle it, and I'd give in. So one night, my mom came over, and she's like, I'll do it. And she'd go upstairs and put him to bed. And every, like, five minutes, he was crying for two hours straight. Every five minutes, she'd go back, you know, go to go to sleep, go to sleep. And he'd still be crying, and I'd be plugging my ears, like, oh, I can't stand. <laughs> I can't stand. And then he finally fell asleep. And when I went to check on him, he fell asleep standing up with his head on the crib rail. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. How cute. <laughs> uh, so he had a hard time sleeping in his room. And he slept with us for a long time. Yeah. We couldn't get him out of. We finally got him out of our bed. And when we put him in his own room, you know, then we'd have to be in there until he fell asleep, read him a book, you know, and sneak out <laughs> quietly, <laughs> um, take drives in our car to get him to fall asleep. It was like, geez. <laughs> oh, he, he was one of those, huh? <laughs> yeah. He, um, he just, he just wanted to be awake and be with his mom. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, I looked at the, like, you know, the pictures with, uh, you know, you can tell like he really, you know, loved Blake. I know he did. 
um, for a while there, he went through this phase where he was teasing Blake a lot. Mm. It was really, really difficult. I mean, a, a horrible thing where we couldn't even have them sitting in the car together in the back seat. One would have to be in the front, one in the back because, you know, he'd make Blake cry or something. Mm. It was, wasn't easy, but. Yeah, that's, that's brothers there. Yeah. But later, <laughs> later on. I had an older brother too. And, you know, we, yeah. <laughs> and I'm an old brother. I'm the middle kid, you know? So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Just... Later on he got. How, how old was he at that time? Um, so it was like when Blake was probably when Jared was like 10 and and Blake was six, yeah. they were four years apart, you know, and Blake was seven and Jared was 11. It was like those years. And then when Jared got into high school and got a little older, it got better. Um, and yeah, like I said, it became very protective of Blake and, mm. um, yeah, it just, how did he handle when he passed, you know, for a 15 year old, he handled it pretty well. Um, I'd catch him when he'd go to bed a couple times in his bathroom, brushing his teeth or whatever. And he, he, I, he was crying and he said, I'm just having a wave. He said, I'm, I have these waves of emotions and I'm having a wave. And hmm. I said, okay. And I hugged him and I said, this is normal for you to do. And, and so, and then he, you know, he realized, um, that Jared was hurting and he realized that, you know, that Jared was hurting pretty badly actually with his addiction issues and that he's okay. And he knows that Jared, you know, maybe it's the signs, you know, that he gets too, mm -hmm. but he knows that Jared is in a good place. And, um, and he, you know, he thinks about if Jared was still here, what you know the what if what what would jared be doing today he talks about that hmm. and he, he could be possibly in jail or prison or still struggling or he could have gotten better mm -hmm. you know but um he just he knows that jared wants him happy and and he and that's what he's going to live by he want he knows that his brother would want him happy and so Blake is happy. Listen to this. This is Jody Barber in Overtaken, followed by Blake. This is Jared's brother and speaking about his brother. My son had a, a marijuana issue, big time. He loved his marijuana. It, he had anxiety and the marijuana was no longer helping him. He had more anxiety because of the weed that he smoked. He'd have to wake up in the morning and go around the corner and smoke a joint before starting his day. The weed was no longer helping, so a friend says, here, take a quarter of this pill. That pill was called Opana. Jared didn't want that route. He swore over and over to me that marijuana would not lead to pills. And the pills, the marijuana was no longer helping him, so he did turn to Opana. Addiction devastates the entire family. It, it takes over the, the entire family. Right. My what? son will never have the chance to celebrate his 21st birthday. He'll never have the chance to have a, have a girlfriend. He never had a girlfriend. He'll never have the chance to get married, have kids. 
and just live life to its fullest like you should be. I'm here to save lives and I hope that each and every one of you take this seriously and never try it. Never start because once you start you are hooked. Don't take pills. Pills kill. One pill can kill. I lost my brother Jared two years ago from an overdose and he always told me that he was invincible and he would never try pills or anything. He always said to me that he'll always stick to marijuana and he thought it would never happen to him and look where he is now, he's up in heaven. I think I asked you this before. Um, is there anything that really sticks out as far as something that he said he would say or do that you guys talk about a lot that just really makes you laugh? <laughs> yeah, his laugh. His laugh? <laughs> his laugh. He had the best laugh. Um, and I have an actual video that his friends took of him and his buddies. They were um, on a trail and his friend was coming down this hill on his bike, this, high, this long hill, and Jared's videoing him and laughing. And that laugh of his is just the best. And and so Mike comes down that trail on his bike and he lands and Jared's laughing and he says, he goes, were you scared? You know, it's like the best. I have to send the video to you. <laughs> <laughs> was that scary? That one sucked compared to the other one. The other one he went way more. And the other one that he he declared you guys were at a at a nude camp, a nude uh, beach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron, I until you pointed that out to me. I did not know he said that. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. Did you did you go back and listen to it? Yeah, you I, got it. I did. I listened to it and that's what he said. <laughs> so that's the character he was. When I talk about him being acting funny and being funny, that's what he was like, you know, sure. the little jokester. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and then I got this tattooed on my arm right here that nobody can figure it out. But um, when he was on the, on his phone talking to his friends, he would raise his tone of voice. That's his picture. And these are the, this is what he'd say. And he'd spell it like O-O-W-U-U-U-T-T-T. -T -T. And it's from a Warren G song. And he'd say, what? <laughs> and so when he was in this good mood, talking on the phone with his friend, I'd hear him say, oh, what? And I just, I love that. I can still picture his voice saying that. So it's the, you know, it's his laughter. It's, it's the things that um, he did and his characterism, you know, that I remember that makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds like a fun, you know, it, the thing on, you know, as, as we all know, like, especially teenage boys <laughs> go through different phases of their 
and you know at certain ages they're all appeasing and everything's wonderful and life's good and then they hit these different periods where you know irritation and agitation and everything gets to me (laughs) and then you get to the phases of like i'm just going to do what i want i don't care what my parents say (laughs) yeah and that's when you get in trouble yeah that's true i know the phases exactly oh i know i know but he he's missed by by us by his family and his friends and you know, just that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely tell that, you know, he, he's, he made a mark on a lot of people and you took that mark and you have made it huge, you know, um, with your, you know, the documentaries overtaken and overtaken too. Um, you know, you, you have quite a message and a powerful message and, you know, like, and as you know, I use your videos all the time. Of course, I only use them. I use them with you, you know, when, when I have you on Zoom or with, you know, for the, for the groups and classes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, which is awesome. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, and it's, it's very powerful. Um, and I was honored to have the, uh, that one girl on one of the shows. The work you do is absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you. I feel likewise about you, Eric. Honestly, the, you know, when I first met you, and you were teaching um, in Costa Mesa, and I heard you, you know, talking. It was like, oh wow, <laughs> you're pretty amazing. And so, and then look how far, look what you're doing now with the shows. And I just love every all your work is incredible. So yeah. you know, and, and the coolest part about it is I have met so many neat people. Yeah, you know, I mean, so much of it's all in Zoom, which is it's great because. I can reach people all over the world, (laughs) you (laughs) know, and uh, I almost feel like now it's like, I've got friends all across the country. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's, it's pretty incredible. And um, I know we're all fortunate to have you as to know you and for you to be my friend. And um, no, seriously, thank you. Really, you're doing great work. So keep it up. <laughs> Don't stop. Here's Jody's sister. Strong I'm silly putty to keep me calm and I'm trying to get through this chair bear. I'm not going to start by saying goodbye because not a day will go by that I don't wink to the sky. Beautiful boy, you brought me such joy. You're my bear. We had so many special moments we shared. And whenever I told you it was going on, you acted like you cared. You always watching you play ball and driving them to the wall. You came to my court and hit balls to the moon. Some days we would text all afternoon. I'm going to miss our long talks and our fun shopping sprees. Those sweet little times meant the world to me. I'm going to miss our nights of fine dining while looking at your blue eyes. We're always shining. You're so smart and so caring and handsome too. You just have to look in the mirror and believe in you, what I tell him. You're my bear and now you're an angel for your friends and family and your Aunt Care. J-Rod lives on. I'll miss him. He's the best. And here's his uncle. He, like his dad, loved animals. Brad even talked us into getting a snake once, which Jody hated. 
His favorite food was tuna sandwiches with lettuce, no tomatoes, vinegar and oil, and lots of pepper. He also loved Taco Bell. Family meant everything to Jared. He was so, so many, so, I'm sorry. He had so many special times with his two aunts. He loved them so much, along with all his family. There are no words to express our gratitude for Carrie for the amount of time she gave Jared to help him with his struggles. His friends also meant a lot to him. They spent many hours laughing and talking in the backyard at the, around the fireplace. They also loved to play ping pong and Xbox. Although Jared had his battles, he had such a warm, loving heart and truly cared about the people in his life. He was the guy that all the girls turned to when they were having boyfriend problems. Although there was time when Jared loved to tease and pick on Blake, he outgrew that and became the best older brother anyone could ever have. He constantly reminded Blake never to start doing drugs or to drink. He even allowed Blake to wear his favorite Yankees hat. Jared, more than anything, we hope you are happy. And you recognize all the wonderful qualities in yourself we so clearly saw. Your time here with us was much too short and the gifts you added to so many lives will remain forever in our hearts. We want you to know how much we always truly will love you. There is an old saying, two steps back, three steps forward. Jared, you took two steps back, but this time you took three steps forward. And now we hope you're in a calm, peaceful place. We know you're in a place of comfort now having a blast with your dear friend Chase, bowling or fishing. This service is dedicated in loving mem memory to our son Jared and three other sons that were lost too soon, Chase, Christian, and Cousin Damon. This service, of God love you all. Jared, we love you more than all the grains in the sand in the world. And this is something I wrote. Jared Paul Barber. We remember you today and grieve your loss. Tears of mourning replace words that will not come. Our hearts are broken, our lives shaken with shock and disbelief. How do we make sense of losing you so young? From the outside, from the outside you seemingly had it all. The perfect family, loving parents, a younger brother who idolized you, a beautiful home, supportive relatives, and loyal friends. Every toy a boy could want, California sunshine, sandy beaches, a playground that never ends. You had the promise of youth and vitality with your whole life ahead to follow your dreams. Is there anything that you want to say about Jared that we haven't discussed? Um, he was ambidextrous like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Exactly like me. It's so strange because he, um, he threw with his left hand like me. He writes with his right, or he used to write with his right and um, eat with his right. And <laughs> wow, I know he, he loves sports. Played baseball for nine years, um, and uh, I can't think. Loved animals, loved animals, and he really loved animals. I mean, he talked to his dad, not me, but his dad, and a snake had a snake one time that I thankfully it got it was it died after about two days so I was really happy <laughs> I, other, 
snakes? No, thank you. <laughs> Any other animal's fine, but not a snake in my garage. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, he had a lot of animals and, um, and he was sensitive. That's something that, you know, that people didn't know about him. He, he was sensitive. That is what we find with most people that have substance abuse problems. With all of the people that I work with that have, you know, have sub- substance abuse problems, it's one of the most common themes. These are sensitive people. And I think it plays into um, why people choose to go down that path sometimes. Because so many people don't like to be sensitive and they don't like yeah. to have all those feelings. And they don't like to have, you know, um, and I think it, I think it is something, there is something with that. Something else too, that I'm finding by talking to a lot of these young adults that have the same thing going on with their personality is that, cause Jared was like this, um, where they like that, that rush, you know, of mm-hmm. um, like Jared would drive his car too fast all the mm-hmm. time. I'm, tell him to slow down, you know, um, his dirt bike, uh, you know, his dirt bike maniac. It's like, okay, we had to end up selling all our dirt bikes. We did it as a family, but Jared, the maniac on that dirt bike, it's like, he's going to kill himself or somebody. So we ended up selling them all the dirt yeah. bikes because of that, you know, or, um, hitting a tennis ball, you know, just like really hard, a bowling ball would go, would jump off the lane to the, laying down the <laughs> down yeah. the volume out yeah. the power in his throat you know it's just like you know it's the premise of of high wall clean you know it's like you know highness is not a property of drugs it's a property of people so you know we're all looking for <laughs> something that highness or that adrenaline or that uh, yeah, yeah something that really gives us that boost you know in life um we just want people to find it clean <laughs> Yeah. Because there's no side effects. There's no side effects. It's free and it's legal, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. So, yeah. I know. Yeah. At five years old, jumping off the high dive at the what? Yep. Five years old, no problem. <laughs> Blake would cry and Jared would say, Come on, you can do it. <laughs> it's fun. Yep. And so once, once Blake, you know, Blake wanted to impress Jared. He wanted to, you know, impress his older brother. And he'd end up doing the things that Jared asked him to do. <laughs> you know, Jared, like I, he never do any, you know, tell him to do anything. He thought he'd get, you know, hurt, mm-hmm. hurt by, but jumping off the high dive, Jared did it. So he knows Blake can do it and mm-hmm. not get hurt. And once Blake did it, he was so proud of himself. And then he went right back up those stairs and did it again. (laughs) So thank you so much, Jody. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. And thank you for everything that you do. And well, as we've brought humanity to Jared, who was a fun, loving, caring, sensitive jokester, let us remember the lessons that he has taught us. Overdose, it's right around the corner for many of you. Jody posted a letter on the OC website on Jared's obituary page on January 8th of 2021, which she claimed to not remember. And she wrote, hi, son, 11 years, you've been working so hard up there. I look at the beautiful sunsets, clouds, and rainbows and think heaven must be so beautiful. 
I picture you with your grandma and relatives and so many of your friends from school and how you all are looking down and watching over your families. What do you think of Blake's girlfriend? I know you, Riley, John, and Max are saying, go Blake. Anna is a babe. I also know how very proud you are of your brother becoming such a man, taking care of Bill's himself, a successful job, and quite the cook. You've seen how hard your dad works. Jared, can you make sure the next time we go fishing, dad finally catches a fish? You know, I'll do my best to continue on our mission. I know how much you love us, and we love you to heaven and back. Your signs have given me so much strength. They make me laugh, smile, cry, and a feeling that is indescribable, so powerful from you and God. Thank you. Sending you big hugs. Love, Mom. So we're going to end this with the eulogy of his cousin. And a little message from Jody Barber from the overdose awareness event that she held last year. And I want to thank you for tuning into High Wall Clean as we gave a voice to Jared Barber. Keep getting high, but please remember to do it clean. We'll see you soon. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Blake's cousin and Jared's cousin and nephew to Uncle Bill and Aunt Jody. Um, Jared or Blake just wanted me to read his uh, speech that he wrote and uh, I said for sure I would I never you know reject anything that you told me to do little cousin Blake said J-Rod you were the best brother in the whole world you taught me much that I know today every time I learned something like surfing snowboarding or anything that had to do with sports you wanted to teach me not by myself not or not by lessons or by anyone else if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have found my passion for baseball. Every time you went to one of my games, I tried my best and showed off for you. You made me laugh so much, and every day you told me if I did anything like smoke or drink, you would do some pretty harmful things to me. He used to always pick on you, so I'm sure you didn't want to get socked in the arm, did you? told me that if you could go back in time, you wouldn't try any of that stuff. You were doing great before, and I was so proud of you. I always was here for you, and you were always there for me. I always looked up to you, and you always looked up to me. I mean, what can I say? Just look at me. Every night before I go to sleep, I think of you. All the memories we had in Hawaii, making the jump off the rock in the ocean, in Big Bear, saving my life from hitting the cabin on my sled and playing some Call of Duty. Every day was a good memory with you. Words can't explain how much I love you. I will miss you so much. I will take care of our family just like you would want me to do. I want you. I know you will take care of us too while you are up there in heaven, having a great time with your good friend Chase, fishing and hitting some chicas. everything to me and I will always love you forever and ever. You're the best bro in the world. Love Bubba. I put up over a hundred faces of our beautiful loved ones lost to overdoses for International Overdose Awareness Day.
kids. Micah, Jared, Stacy, Justine, Matthew and Brandon, Adam. Beautiful, beautiful young lives gone too soon to an overdose. We have an epidemic going on here in Orange County. and tired of the deaths. This is my son Jared. These are his close friends, Riley, Ryan, John. This is my cousin Damon and this is Jared's close friend Max. Beautiful, beautiful kids. Look at Alex who died two months ago, 14 years old. He went online and he ordered what he thought was Oxycontin it was laced with fentanyl. And this is Alex. Sweet Casey, sweet Tyler, Harley, Jessica, Mark, Nolan, 15 years old. They are young. I heard today there was another 14 year old and a 17 year old who died. I heard today that there was a girl who was dropped out of her car and she was left to die. But thank God, there is a man who gave her Narcon and she survived, but she would have been another statistic.